Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm talking about the importance of self-care and why it is so important to put ourselves first instead of everyone else around us. Plus, I'm answering your questions. Topics include why it's so hard to develop new and healthier habits for ourselves, like masturbating or talking openly about sex with our partners. What to do when you just feel off after masturbating, but not after you ejaculate. How to properly exercise your dating muscle and not make getting back into the game such a big deal, you guys. There are dating muscles. I can help you. Are you expecting a lot from a sext? I mean, think about it, you guys. Things can be so much better in person. So maybe get off your phone and meet that person IRL in real life. All this and more. Thanks for listening. We just finished our latest survey. And since last year, the percentage of you who use lube frequently went from 48% to 63%. This made me so proud because you know I want you guys to have a lube on every nightstand. That's my dream. Now, I know there could be some confusion when it comes to deciding which kind of lube to buy. So today, let's talk about silicone lubes. They last longer, they're waterproof, and you can use them with condoms without breaking them down, which is why I am so excited I get to work with Uber Lube. I literally used to stock them for samples at trade shows. That's how much I love their lube. I even gave my producer a cup instead of a whole bottle because I didn't want to give it all away. So anyway, Uberlube gets that high-quality silicone is the best option because that's literally all they make. You just have to feel it, and you'll know what I'm talking about. It's never sticky or tacky, and they even add a touch of vitamin E so you feel moisturized after using it. In fact, you can use it in your hair for frizziness, on your skin for chafing. And side note, if you got colorful tattoos, it makes them more vibrant. It's kind of like the Swiss Army knife of lubes. Uberlube is long-lasting and waterproof, so you can use it in the bath or the shower without reapplying. Besides the way it feels, let me tell you about the bottle. It's such a clean design in this beautiful glass bottle. Definitely nightstand friendly, which of course I love. Ubalube is really in a class by itself and I want you to try it. So to order yours, go to sexwithemily.com slash Ubalube. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E today. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. The girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com, our website. You will love it. You can also find me on SiriusXM Radio. It is Stars Channel 109, and oh my God, you guys, it's amazing. I'm there Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, and it's been just amazing to reach so many more of you. And if you want a 30-day free trial, you can go to sexwithemily.com SXM or just call in. Talk to me, 888-947-8277. You can find me on all social media. It's at Sex with Emily across the board. We're also doing a giveaway. It's a lube giveaway. You know I love lube. You guys, go to the Instagram post that you'll find with the Muse lube on it. It's Muse and it's flavored. And then you tag three friends and then you email us feedback at sexwithemily.com and just let me know, how has lube changed your life? Also, you guys, get a new limited edition 
SWE Crave Vesper. It's that sexy vibrator necklace. It comes in three colors. You can get three phrases that are special phrases that are Sex with Emily limited edition. You can also check this out on our site, sexwithemily.com slash Vesper. V-E-S-P-E-R. Happy International Self-Care Day. So that's a thing. And and some of these days I think, okay, right, we need like a national spaghetti day or like a national like donuts day <laughs> or like all these weird things, right? There's always these days. But I'm like, I could get my head around self-care day. And even though that's been something that's sort of like a, a funny meme now or like a hashtag self-care, like self-love, it's all, you know, we kind of joke about it. But the truth is it's actually really, really important. It's so important, you guys, to take time for ourselves and to do so- one thing Maybe it's one thing a week or a day, even if it's five minutes away from all the busyness of life. And I was thinking about it, though, because, well, the whole purpose of the day aims to raise public awareness of the importance of self-care, stay healthy, prevent or delay illness. And many of us in the workplace or home, we've made a habit of putting others before ourselves. God, we made a habit. I mean, coming from like a people pleaser and someone who hears on the radio every night, helping people. I have a lot of joy helping people. And I know that I know this, there's a lot of people this way, a lot of women, moms, we put our families first, we do a lot for everyone else. And it just feels almost like painful or wrong or guilt if we do something like I can't get a massage or I can't get my nails done. It just seems selfish when my kids need me or I haven't weeded the garden yet. We have so many excuses that we we throw up in the air for taking care of ourselves. I've had to make a practice out of it, but sometimes I would still have moments where like I shouldn't be working out now or I shouldn't be doing these things, but I realize why it is a foundation of my life and I've actually made it such an important part is because I feel better. I actually like when I work out, I feel better. Mm -hmm. When I meditate, I feel better. And what I realized though um, is that when I, what else? I see my friends making time for friends. I feel like I, I feel filled up. Mm -hmm. These are all things like I've had to find the things that bring me this kind of uh, joy. You've incorporated a balance in your life, which is not easy to obtain or to even accomplish, you know, the proper balance. And I feel like everyone's always trying to find that balance. Oh, I wouldn't say I have balance though. I think you have balance. But thank you. I'm going to get to the next point. But it's always a struggle. I do these things because they're important. It always becomes like, if I don't work out, I know that I'm happier. If I take my supplements or whatever I do with friends, I feel better. But then I was thinking about it. Why is it so hard for us to adopt new habits? Like why? Mm-hmm. Like something that takes like eight minutes a day, right? Like like meditation or or breathing or calling a friend. We just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like Googling. I was like, what What do all the researchers say? And it turns out, which is makes so much sense, that first of all, it's so important for us to slow down and do self-care because then we can actually process emotions and feel things. It's important for us to experience feelings of like vulnerability without shame. Vulnerability is a big buzzword mm-hmm. too these days. Some people, I didn't even really understand what it meant years ago when I first heard about being vulnerable. I'm like, I'm tough. Like vulnerable is a weakness. Um, and really like, and mindfulness experts are like, we just take 10 minutes a day. But I think it's so hard to do because we have this really interesting relationship to time. We are just like, I don't have time. Listen to my life. I will tell you everything that I have going on. And there is just no time for me to do it. And and I feel like that we are caught up in this like very like busyness culture. And I think it's definitely an American thing mm-hmm. um, or like Western culture that if we slow down, we're going to get steamed roll right over, over us and we're not going to have success. And we're not, we don't feel like, like no one else is slowing down around us. No one else is doing it. And you go to like, you travel to Europe for the summer. You go other places. Like they get weeks of vacation. Oh, yeah. They take naps. Siestas. We don't do any of that. None. In America. So this is this quote that I thought about. 
in this piece that I found that made me, this maybe explained a lot to me about self-care. The great angst, or angst, I really like to say it, of modern life is this. No matter how hard we try, no matter how successful we are, no matter how good a parent, worker, or spouse we are, it's never enough. There's always someone richer, thinner, smarter, or more powerful than we are. Someone who makes us feel like a failure in comparison. Hmm. I think we can all relate a little bit to that. Yeah, that one's a little hard to swallow for a I second. I know, right? But mm-hmm. it's true. We do that. And that's what we hear this all on social media. I was going to add there. So it has more followers than we do. It yeah. has more listeners than we do. So the real thing about self-care, and then I am going to get back here because I think I have some killer ways you guys can actually do it today. And you're going to be like, oh yeah, that feels better. Is that the the real thing about genuine self-care is about accepting ourselves and all of our imperfections and knowing that we don't have to be perfect. And how do we say, so when you just said to me, Mm -hmm. I'm balanced, I'm like, no, I'm not. It's because I'd love to work out every day. It's not every day, Michelle. It's maybe three to four days today. I was going to, I didn't. I caught myself in a moment. Be compassionate. I've done three hours of interviews today. I've got a lot going mm-hmm. on. My, my life was great. But it's like we so go to what is wrong. And that is where our default, our brains default towards that wiring because we were primates right. that right. were like looking, you know, yeah, to not it, it be dates eaten back by to, our ancestors. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm just thinking that self-care is recognizing and accepting that none of us are perfect and that we're all doing the goddamn best we can. So to me, that's like part of self-care and self-love. You can take a moment right now, wherever you're listening, and just be like, name three things that you're happy for yourself about that you did today, that you accomplished today or in the last week or things that you just appreciate mm-hmm. about yourself, things that you're grateful for is a great step Yeah, towards but, acceptance. Yeah. There's triumph and trying. Triumph and trying. It's true. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you this. How else I do it is I, I like to masturbate, meditate, manifest, and masturbate. Even if you do one of those a day, I'm telling you, you're going to feel good. So I think that one of the best things that I've incorporated in your, and in the last few years I've done more so is massage. I try to get one like at least once a month. And for me, like you can find places it's not all. And I used to think up until very recently that a massage was like some kind of pampering. You go to, like you go to a spot, like it just seemed kind of frivolous. But now I realize, no, it's actually like you are restore so much bullshit in our bodies. Oh my gosh. Tension and memories and 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 stress that when you actually have someone who's like hammering it out of you, mm. it's actually there's health benefits to it. So get a massage or give a massage. Now, okay, we often talk about the magic wand on the show, which is like the Cadillac of all vibrators. It's amazing. But initially it was a massager. It's been around for 50 years. So it also actually works as a massager. So not just a amazing stimulator for your clitoris or other right. body parts. But give your partner a massage tonight. If you have one, get home, give each other a massage. It could be using the magic wand. It mm-hmm. could just be using your hands. And I think that that incorporating that, maybe using some of the Woo More Play coconut mm. oil massage lube, we love all of that. That's a really good one because it lasts a very long time and it doesn't, you know, leave you sticky or anything like that. It's really good. You like, can like oh, moisturize it into your skin. Yes. It feels really, really good. Um, I also think... God, I can just go off on toys now. Um, Oh, here's the other thing. Okay, I'm just going off things that have come up in the last few days. I have several friends of mine who have called me about perimenopause. Mm. So these are women who are between 40 and 50, and they're all having various symptoms. One of them, hot sweats during the day. One of them, like, night sweats. Another one's like, what do I do about the sneezing and peeing? And maybe three friends asked me about the, the, like, they're like, I can't work out. 
because this just happens, you guys, after you have kids or you just get older, your pelvic floor is going to drop and you're going to sneeze and you're going to pee. You can't jump on a trampoline. Well, do yourself a favor. And I think, yeah, you can do kegels all you want, but there's this amazing innovation. I don't think we've talked about enough on here because it's called the BTL Amcella. It's like the kegel throne, they call it. It is mm-hmm. a chair that you sit on that uses gentle electromagnetic stimulation to to do 11,000 kegels in 20 minutes. That's incredible. And I've done it and you could do it twice. You do it twice a week for 20 minutes. You sit on a chair in your doctor's office with your clothes on and you will no longer be sneezing in pain. Like it just, wow. and you'll have stronger orgasms. You'll have more lubrication. It's really fucking cool. Did you, and that to me, I felt. Did you, I felt, did you yeah, feel different I felt, after? I felt different. You get Absolutely. off the throne. You're like, yeah. yes. It was so easy. Like I just sat there and like hung out, read a magazine, you know. I feel like that's like honestly woman of all ages though. Cause when I was younger, I remember my friends would make me laugh so hard. Like I'd be. Yeah, you're right. So it could really. Well, it is know, for women of all, of all ages. ages. Mm-hmm. I wish I knew about this when I was younger. Well, it. It is. There's women of all ages who are having problems with also incontinence or with with lubrication or with orgasm. It mm. helps with all of those things. Because it can be hard to incorporate some of these things. But if you like right now, you're like, I'm going to make an appointment for a massage or check out that chair. Um, do it, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Yeah. So you said all these like taking care of yourself and implementing these things into my life are going to make me feel good. But how might I be feeling now versus when I start implementing these into my life, like, is it going to relieve stress? Like, what does that feel good yeah. mean? Okay, versus- that's a very good question. So I think for many of us, if we are constantly feeling like we don't have time to process what just happened. Okay. So I can tell you, for example, I used, and I, this still happens, but I go from meeting to meeting from day to day. And then I wake up the next morning and I have no time to process anything. I don't have time to think anymore. I don't have time to think, to read, to, and and when I find, when I take these moments or I take these times, it is just a, you can feel it as a visceral throughout my entire body reaction where I feel, I have ideas. I feel calmer. I feel, um, like I feel clearer and I feel like, it's the, the reason why it's so important is because it, it takes you out of your your busyness. And I think we're all so busy. So I think you will feel calmer. You'll feel better. And I think you could like even remember how you're feeling in that moment when you leave there. And like when you're leaving the massage place, you're leaving whatever you're doing, make an appointment for next time. And I think a lot of people are so busy because they, they're afraid to slow down and have to feel emotions mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that for some people, it might be really scary. They're like, I like being busy. I like having a lot to do. When I slow down, that is just death for me. Mm. And I've been in that place. And I think I still sometimes live in that place. But I I definitely in my 20s, I did not stop at all. But I I know that it's eventually it catches up with you. Like eventually you're going to have to feel things. Like eventually there's going to be a breakdown. Eventually mm-hmm. something's going to hurt. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to work out too hard. You're going to eat too much. You're going to you're going to do something that's going to be like your body's going to be like no. I need to slow down. So the sooner you start working that in now, I mean there's these apps now for like meditation, like mm-hmm. simple habit. Um, you could do it for five minutes a day and just breathe. Like it doesn't have to be a whole yeah. friggin' thing. Yeah. Do you think that the things we want to change, the things we want to improve on ourselves, do you think we hype it up too much? Do we make it too far out of reach for ourselves that maybe we're not worthy enough of that change? Maybe yeah. we're not capable of creating this, this balance, this inner peace, this new, better version of yourself that may not even, you know, 
apply to, you know, the, this person that you are now, the people surrounding you, you know, you're going to drop friends or lose friends. And, you know, you're scared of doing that, losing people in your life. I think we're afraid of change too. Mm -hmm. I think we're maybe afraid of choosing ourselves over others. And that's where I started saying that a lot of us are pleasers and we're like, are we, we're caretakers. And we think, well, I can't possibly stop and do something for myself when everybody needs Mm -hmm. me, but everybody's going to always need you. Like that doesn't, see what you realize is like, especially if you're like a busy mom, for example, your kids are always going to need you. You're your parents are going to need you. Your your partner is going to need you. But but you are a better everything, a better mom, mm-hmm. a better spouse, a better friend when you do take that time. And the friends who can't handle it, they leave it. You think they're going to change or if, if you right. start calming down, they're not your people. Right. You can probably serve them better, right? By taking that time for yourself and being in that better state of mind. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's what happens with it all. All right, guys. So uh, self-care, happy self-care day. Um, Masturbation is always a great thing too. You know about that. Do you like to journal, M, or go on walks? Like, what uh, what things do you I go, do? Walking is great, you guys. Well, there's something they say about changing your state, right? I remember I first learned this, like, Tony Robbins. Change your state. So whenever you're somewhere where you're feeling stressed or anxious or you just haven't moved around in a while, literally change the location you're at. Like, move, mm-hmm. move your body. Even if you just get outside and walk around the block. I think we all know this, but we don't actually do it. I'm telling you. If you find yourself stuck, get up right now and walk outside the house. It is summer. Wherever you are listening to this, you could probably walk around the block and you will have a different state of mind. If you're listening to this and you're depressed and you're sad or you're on the couch and you're feeling bad, do 10 jumping jacks. I've I'm telling you, it, 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 when you change and you move, it will, it will, your entire perspective mm-hmm. changes. So yeah, I go for walks. I write in my journal. I meditate. I breathe. I I just sometimes just leave my house. And it's so funny because then you you do it and you're like, this was so simple. Like, why didn't thing. I do this 20 minutes ago when I was just sitting on the couch beating myself up? Yeah, I think because we have so many excuses. Yeah. It's something that's different. So maybe if you just say you're going to do it once a week now or maybe you have like an accountability buddy about... I don't know. I do this with my friends too. I'm like, have you done this yet? Did you make your appointment this week? Like one of my best friends, we talk every morning and yes. I always say to her, I'm like, have you, did you get a babysitter yet? Did you do these things? Cause we forget to take care of ourselves and we congratulate mm-hmm. each other. And I just read something about this, get an accountability bu- uh, buddy. If you want to accomplish something, let me read this to you. I thought this was so fucking smart. If you want to accomplish something, get an accountability buddy, take out a thousand dollars in cash, give it to someone who will hold you accountable for 10 weeks. Each weekly goal you accomplish, you get a hundred back. And if you don't, your accountability buddy keeps a hundred dollars. That's enough money that you're like, because you guys, we all have the same amount of time. If you, if everything, you know, expands to fill time, if you've got a project and they tell you it's going to be a week, you're going to take a week to do it. If you've got three months, it's going to take three months to do it. So setting goals and, and having someone who's accountability, for me, that's helped so much. Just having somebody who I check in with. Kristen, my assistant, checks in with me. I like so, that. Yes. Yeah, I like all right, that. Guys, do that stuff. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to get into your questions. I'm so excited to introduce all of you to Simple Habit. I mean, not only will it be your new favorite app, but it happens to be home to a brand new audio series that I created. Simple Habit began as a meditation app that featured audio guidance from a huge range of experts, but now it is so much more than just meditation. So when the folks behind the app reached out and invited me to be one of their experts, I was so excited to get involved. So my new series is all about sex. Shock, I know. But whether you're a Sex with Emily super fan or a brand new listener, I promise there's something in it for you. We're launching the series with five lessons and each is focused on a particular topic and each with a suggested assignment to keep your sex life growing and expanding because you know, that's what I'm all about. 
This month, I'm covering the basics, including everything from communication to exploration, and I'll be adding new lessons each month. By the way, when you're done with my series, there are hundreds of free wellness lessons and thousands of premium ones on there. It's really impressive, and my listeners can now save 30% on a premium membership. So all you have to do is go to sexwithemily.com slash simplehabit, and once you install it, you can quickly find my series by searching SWE. Again, save 30% on a premium membership by going to sexwithemily.com slash S-I-M-P-L-E-H-A-B-I-T today. Then search SWE to find me there. I want to tell you about one of the oldest and most trusting relationships in my life. It's probably the only one that's like never really let me down. I'm talking, of course, about the magic wand. I mean, the magic wand was a big part of my life even before I started the show. And it's not going anywhere in my life or anyone else's. I mean, you want to know why? The magic wand has been delivering pleasure for 50 years. That's a long time. And it's still the best-selling massage wand in the world. I think it has something to do with all that power. I mean, they don't call it the Cadillac vibrators for nothing. Whoa, it's a good one. And even though it's not easy to improve on something so timeless, they did it again with the latest version called the Magic Wand Plus. And it is Awesome. So like the original, the Magic Wand Plus is a full-size plug-in massage wand. It features a soft silicone head, easy-to-use controls, and variable speed that lets you go from a low rumble to OMG with the push of a button. And if you don't have a Magic Wand in your life, trust me, you should. There are now three models to choose from, original, rechargeable, and the all-new Plus. You can see them all and get one for yourself at sexwithemily.com slash magic wand. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash magic wand. I am so excited to let you know you can now hear Sex with Emily live five days a week on Sirius XM Radio. You'll find me in Stars Channel 109, Monday through Friday at 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. But don't worry, the podcast is staying right here. My brand new radio show will have everything you love about Sex with Emily and more. Because every day I'll be interviewing guests, sharing the latest news, and my favorite part, taking your calls live on the air two hours every weekday. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you already know how great it is. If you never tried it, get a free trial for 30 days. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash SXM. That's sexwithemily.com slash SXM today to try SiriusXM for yourself. See you there. We have Ken31 in California. He wants to know why he feels physically off after masturbation, but not after sex. Oh, hey, Ken. Great question. Tell me more. Thanks for calling. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, um, been the show, by the way. Thank you and everything. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I suspect that there's probably, you know, some element of therapy that I'm going to be, you know, starting for multiple things, but how it affects my sex life. But I'm also wondering if there's, some sort of physical component to it as well. Well, and, tell me what you know, happens. You feel any... physically off after you masturbate, but not after sex. So tell me what you feel like. Yeah. Well, that's that's why it's weird to me because you'd think that, like, generally the same thing is happening. But, yeah, so if I masturbate, then, you know, I will feel um, both, yeah, I just feel drained and, in all sense of the words, you know, and like uh, emotionally and physically, you know, fatigue, uh, depression uh, mm-hmm. is very uh, 
something I deal with anyway, but then it like, it's like extra onset of that. And then, yeah. And then I just feel like, you know, just the, just the loss of, I guess, I guess vitality in, in a general sense. Right. And, um, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all tied up in this very negative experience and it's, it's becoming increasingly more frustrating. Okay. Well, when did this start? So when did this start during masturbation? Uh, I don't know. I think it probably started in my mid twenties. Like I'm I'm early, I'm a 31 now. Okay. And did something happen? Like, is there any guilt? Are you feeling shame after you masturbate? Are you watching porn that maybe doesn't feel that great? Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, watch porn and, and, yeah, you know, I don't know the guilt. But yeah, I do feel feelings of guilt. I don't know. I don't know where where what ties into what. Okay. You know? well, what's the guilt? Well, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I don't. I don't feel like a logical. Like I can't. I don't have like a logical right. component to why I feel guilty. Right. But I feel all of the emotional, overwhelming flood of chemicals that I would feel if I was guilty about doing something. Right. Well, and I mean, that's why I'm wondering if yeah. it's tied into like early stuff that it happened might to be. Like, I mean, it, usually it is oh. early stuff. Was there any early trauma in your life? Did anyone ever walk in? Yeah, on there was some. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was some stuff with a neighborhood kid that, you know, like would do, you know, different sexual things with me. And mm. then, it was, you know, confusing because it was older and stronger and like mm. would like hit me some, sometimes and stuff. And, yeah. and then I'll, and I like that stuff, weirdly enough, when I was a kid, it didn't even bother me uh, even, you know. Because you're in fear the, and you're young and you don't have to make sense of it. Me. You don't have to make sense of it when you're a kid. Yeah, it's a violation. Yeah. One day it all stopped. And it, if I talked about anything about it, like, I would, you know, it hit me or we just, or it just, what, it was just like stone cold. And then, then I, and then, and then I was like, go, started going to church and then I started feeling terrible about oh, everything. God, and, yeah, because it's, yeah. Know. Okay. Yeah, Ken. I, I, uh, feel, yeah. I feel like I've, I've gotten, gotten past that part of it. At least no. on the surface. On the surface you have. But Ken, first of all, let me just say that you sound really um, you sound really evolved and really self-aware and you're articulating this so well. So so I'm that's 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 really great. I mean, I'm telling you and what you're saying is like, yeah, like it happened and then it didn't feel that weird after. But who knows? You were a kid. So maybe you felt like even though it was weird that he was doing stuff sexually, you're like, but why did he stop? Am I not lovable? I didn't want the sex act. It's just confusing when something just changes like that. And that was your first early, you know, experiences with another person sexually, which was a violation and which is actually, you know, illegal and doesn't feel great. And you couldn't tell anyone. And then you have the church and you grew up in a religious environment where that also felt wrong. So it sounds like you've had a lot of confusing messages around sex. So when you're alone with your thoughts, I mean, and just know it's common. There's a lot of men who feel like a lot of guilt after they masturbate, a lot of shame after masturbation. And so it sounds like it's all tangled in a lot of different messages that you get to rewrite now your story, because sometimes these things that we heard in childhood or from religion just no longer serve us. So I would recommend, Ken, some therapy for you. I know it's easy to think 
think, well, it's been so long and it's gone now, but it's actually going to persist, especially when there's sexual trauma. Even though it didn't feel bad at the time, I'm telling you, it's some kind of trauma. It's some kind of neural pathways got wired along this trauma that it's really hard to, to get yourself back on track. And I would recommend EMDR therapy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little familiar with that. Yeah. I think it's um, the best stuff well, for trauma. And I would go and you don't have to go for life. And I feel like talking about this experience is also going to bring up a lot more for you. Like maybe you didn't feel safe. Where were your parents? You know, like, like that's the thing about you. It brings up a lot of things. And I feel like that was a really key moment in your life, especially as a young man for that to be violated like that. Maybe there's some anger. You know what I'm saying? That comes up for you. So of course, actually having sex is going to trigger that. So it's a lot bigger than you yeah, think, yeah. but it's also is the good news is that it's bigger than you think. So yeah, you think you're past it. You're not, but also it can be handled in a way that's super healthy and you're going to get some really great insights and therapy. That's going to set you on a great track for your lifetime because you're only 31. So people never deal with this stuff. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, t- I'm sorry to tell well, you, but it I is a- you one other. Yes, you can. One follow up thing to this in, in tandem, which is just that, um, like I, I, you know, I'm gonna take that advice and I'm gonna, you know, run with it and, and go and go to therapy and try to, you know, tackle it from that end. But from another end, um, you know, I'm it's like feels a little weird to say, you know, say this, but you know, like when I when I do um, orgasm, then um, I tend to come a lot, and I I've always wondered if that had plays some physiological. Um, component to every why t- I feel. Um, you come a like lot that. when you masturbate. How often do you masturbate? About every couple days. Yeah, I mean, and what do you apart yeah. or have sex a few days apart? You know. Yeah, I don't think that. I mean, I don't think but, that there's a. It's really just about the buildup too of it. If you haven't ejaculated in a while, so no, I don't think there's anything. I mean, listen definitely get checked out by your doctor there could actually be sure there could be something where yeah. it's draining you and you're having more exhaustion i would go see your doctor or your urologist and definitely get checked out i always think it's a great idea why why it's making you okay. more tired okay so i think honestly here's the thing it's a multi-layer approach when i tell people to go to therapy i also think you got to get go to a doctor so why don't you do both do you have a good doctor you trust and you feel safe with that you can talk to about these things and then um and then let me know how yeah. it goes but just those would be two things an appointment with your doctor okay. and a point with a therapist okay Keep me posted. Right, well, thank thank you, you, Ken. Thank so you. appreciate it. Thanks for calling. We're here to help. Uh, we have a Madison who's 30 from California. She hasn't dated in two years and needs help on how to get back in the game. All right. Hey, Madison. Thanks for calling. Hi. 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 Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Okay. So tell me what's been going on. Have you purposely been out of the game or the dating game? Yeah, I think I, yeah, it's really bizarre. I don't know what is going on but the thought of just dating right now really is like it just is really intimidating and i also see almost like no point in it which i know is not healthy and i am 30 and i have that you know ticking time clock in my mind but it just seems so overwhelming and hard and i just don't know how to over overcome that yeah I understand this. So, Madison, so tell me this. When did you get out of a relationship two years ago? Like, what's your history, um, your dating history like? So, I have had one serious relationship um, in my, you know, adult life. Um, that, I, that was that, and that was fine. And then I dated around, and um, 
you know, dated someone who I thought I was absolutely infatuated with and loved and everything. And it turns out he was dating someone else at mm. the same time. So uh, that probably hurt. Okay. And yeah, it was very oh, painful. It was bizarre. It was an odd feeling. Yeah. And I, I saw him, like I saw him with her and it was just like this mind blowing realization that who have I been with this past, mm. you know, year and a half. Wow. Uh, and then, and then I got in a relationship with my neighbor and realized after I moved, I moved just down the street, that he started dating the girl across the hall from me. Oh and it's just God. been like oh. so many slaps in the face. Mm. And I think and it's kind of set me into like a very odd like comfort yeah. zone that like I don't want to step out of. Right, right, Madison. But I know I have to. Right. You have yeah. but you have to just not even just because you need to find the one and your clock ticking, but just because it's a fear now. You've created a story and things happen and yeah. you can't be trusted. And so now the, the the more time that goes on, the more you know fearful you know you're gonna be about it. So I feel I can also understand the stories that you're telling yourself like, oh men are gonna cheat and it's not safe and all that. So I would say the best thing to do is first of all, I wouldn't force yourself. Like it's like you're dating or you're not dating. Okay. Like making it so black and white but what I would do it was I would start to just get curious like would, would you, do you go out a lot like are you a social person like is your life do you go out with friends or like what do you do on the weekends or after work you know um I just relocated back to my hometown which is funny that you I mean I relocated in December <laughs> okay but, that's um, fine yeah. Oh, because yeah. I said don't go back to your town. <laughs> if it's where you grew up, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> if it's where you grew yeah, up, I understand. Was, People move back to their families. Uh, but I just, it, yeah. I have, yeah, I have a lot of, I'm a very social person. Um, but being in this smaller town now, a lot of my friends are married and they have right. kids or they're pregnant. And so all my friends are now on the coast, which is about two hours away. So I go there maybe once or twice a month. Um, okay. And you know, I, to just do a little getaway. Right. Um, that's my social life. Well, okay. It could be harder too. I know. Like if I moved back to Michigan in my third, by your age, everyone was married and with like with kid, or having kids and stuff. I get it. That could be. So are you going to stay there for a while? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I yeah, I think that this is where I'm going to be for quite some time. Have you um have you um online dated before? <laughs> I I tried Tinder and that was you know that was like five years ago when Tinder came out and it was just like all of it was so awkward for me it is awkward it can be awkward but here's the thing we're going to talk about this coming up in the next hour is that actually dating online is the number one way people meet people now beyond your friends introducing like number one in 95 it was zero percent and now it's 40 percent so we can give you I can give you some tips for that as well but I feel like I just want you because when I was asking you about your social life it's because I want you to practice going out and just talking to people talking to guys whether you're attracted to them or or not, but just having conversations okay. and taking the fear about it. Because even if you make some good new friends in town, they might have friends. Like they might, it's all like, cause it sounds yeah. like a lot of this is in your head. And I, I want you just to feel without the desperation of, is this the one or is this not the one start feeling this attraction or just right. this interest and this excitement again about just meeting people. And like knowing that, yeah, I mean, and I feel like you're older now. So the thing about online dating is you could actually make it your, um, you could start to just like, 
talk, you could start to you know, talk to people like right if you make a date, you could be very, you know, I love to FaceTime before you go on a date or talk on the phone first, but, okay. but start to, you could just okay. meet a lot more people that way. And I think being honest about what you're looking for and what you've learned is really important. And just like, I, I don't okay. think those things are going to happen to you again, but I feel like you could do lunches. You could do, and just, who knows, like you can make a great friend out That's of it. True. So I feel like okay. baby steps getting out there, but there's literally, you are young, you know, don't be, you know, I feel like if you get rejected or things blow you up like that happens with online dating but I'm telling you the more we date the better dating we become and since you've been out of the game go on a bunch of lunch dates like who cares like they say you should accept every job interview just like go out and practice and like do your thing and like just get those muscles going again because dating is a muscle so practice talking practice being social you're in a new town and then you'll be able to I think you're going to get more comfortable that way and if not Madison I'm here every night to help you so those are my first assignments to you okay and then we can get into other stuff once you meet someone. Thanks, Madison. Thanks for calling. So this came from an Andy, 32 in Michigan. Good afternoon, Emily. Also a very formal intro, which I like. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon, Sir Andy. First, I'd like to thank you for the work that you do and how your podcast is inspiring to listen to. Anyways, the other day, I was turned on to a concept about unmet expectations and how it's the silent relationship killer that leaves couples longing for what they are not receiving from their partner. I wanted to get your viewpoint on this as this concept can easily be manifested into someone's personal life, professional career, sex life, etc. I can say that from my own perspective, I've felt let down a few times where my wife and I have been sexing throughout the day, negotiating what we want, yet it doesn't play out like I had expected. My personal expectations, which were not met. It doesn't mean that anything was bad. It was just a weird feeling of being let down because I wanted something either more or different. I compare it to a girl that is hoping her boyfriend will propose marriage when they go out to dinner. She gets her hopes up, yet he doesn't propose, and it turns out just to be a regular dinner for two. Now she feels let down, even though nothing negative happened. Thanks for taking the time to read this and hope, expectations joke, to hear from you. <laughs> Uh-oh, we don't answer all the emails, Andy, but we are answering yours. So thank you for your email. And okay, the reason why I like this a lot is because it is true, you guys. I mean, the thing about expectations is a huge thing in relationships that we don't often pinpoint it. We're like, often we talk about resentments or we talk about, you know, you're not on the same page. But a lot of times it's these silent expectations that we have that we expect things from our partner and we just think because it's our values usually or it's what in our mind, we might even think we 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 communicated to a partner what we want and then we get let down mm-hmm. and then these resentments build and build. So I think what it re- made me relate to, I was thinking about it though, I was like unmet expectations though, I think it's more like it's unrealistic expectations oh. instead of unmet mm-hmm. because I think that it's, that is the silent killer is that they're unrealistic. So we often, here's one way I can explain this to you and then we'll go back to his email, to, to your email Andy, is that like we might often expect in a relationship that someone's going to change. We have the expectation that we made up in our head. Well, once we get married, he can't pop. I hear this all the time. Mm-hmm. Once we get married, he won't want to go out with his friends as much. <laughs> once we get married, he's going to get way less busy. Well, once we have kids, he certainly can't be smoking and partying all the time. Once we get married, she'll continue to like, you know, have sex just as often as we did now, or she'll continue to keep the same job as she has. I mean, all these things that we never talk about before we walk down the aisle. And so really, that just make, leads me to like, makes me believe that we just um that no first of all no one's going to change unless they want to change mm-hmm. it is so true you guys that, that if you are and i think that a lot of people i mean i'd love to call in right now if you to call in right now if you're thinking this because this when i first learned this it totally caught me off guard because i sort of had an expectation 
that people do change when you're with them and that people say they're going to change or they want to change once or twice that they will, but they don't. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to change. And it's and then I once I kind of this locked in, I realized that people are the way they are and that if you're going to get together with someone, you're going to marry someone, you're going to commit to them, you have to wholly, fully accept them as they are right now. Mm-hmm. What if they never change? In fact, what if they like become more of what they are that you don't love about them? Like if they're a drinker right now, they start to drink more. Yeah. They're messy now, they get messier. In fact, people become more of what they are as life goes on, as we get older, you get more set in your ways. And so once I realized that, and I realized how hard it is for people to change, I was like, oh, I never have that expectation. Like this is exactly who this person is. Either I can change my behavior and see if that affects them or I accept them. But there's no way people change unless they decide, you're right, I I want to change. I want to stop drinking. I want to work harder mm-hmm. or whatever their thing is. So to me, these unmet expectations that he's talking about, um, Andy, in your relationship, for example. Okay, so you're saying you felt let down because you were sexting throughout the day and negotiating what we want, what you wanted. Now, here's the thing. You were sexting her in the middle of the day. Maybe she was at work. Maybe she was in the middle of something. I was like, yeah, babe, I'll sext you right now. But when I get home from work, I've got laundry to do. or I'm really busy. And maybe in her mind, mm-hmm. the sexting wasn't an expectation that it would actually happen that night. She might even said, yeah, babe, later we'll do it. Thinking that it was playing around with role playing or something. Yeah, just playful. But, but then, you know, you got disappointed. And then that built up as an unmet expectation. Whereas how to resolve this is to say... The next day, like literally the next day, say, you know what? When we were text sexting yesterday, I was getting really turned on and I was thinking when you came home, I had the expectation mm-hmm. that we'd actually do those things in bed. And it felt like a letdown. And I want to let you know how I feel, how that made me feel. So what are your thoughts on that? And she could be like, well, you know, you know, no one can ever argue with your feelings. So she could say, oh, I'm sorry you felt that way, but mm-hmm. I had no intention of it. You knew when I got home, my favorite TV show was on or whatever. Yeah. So the sooner we can like, I think expectations are dangerous. They're like unvoiced, um, they're unvoiced, like they're unreal. They can be very unrealistic because if we are not living in reality, which a lot of us are not, if we're living in like la la land and we're like, people say it or everyone has my values. I expect that you treat a lady this way and I expect that you do this. Then it's just, you're going to be let down over and over and over again. So how you can really kind of figure this out is by just ta- observing what's actually going on and then having conversations about it and then your values and then not having crazy expectations because expectations turn into resentments, unmet yes. expectations. And then you just are angry and then you don't talk. So I think it could be a silent killer, but it's more that they're unrealistic than unmet. I completely agree. I used to have certain expectations for things uh, in relationships, even just like anywhere, like from my family, from friends. And I realized I'm like, they are not me. I I cannot meet my own self out in the world. I mean, maybe, yep. but I'm not going to. So like I can't. Like example. Like, for example, I just, <laughs> I just like when people, you know, if I ask a question or I, I, you know, we are meeting up or something that someone is supposed to, you know, at least check that, like recheck in, this is going to happen, those kinds of things. And a lot of people don't always check in with you or, you know, you need clear like I need clarification like I never actually think a plan is real until it's clarified whereas I have a friend who 
if something's a maybe, she thinks it's actually happening and it's going. Right. And so her expectation is like, yes, that's happening. And I'm not meeting her. It's because I'm like, no, we didn't confirm this. This was a maybe. I even said maybe. Right. And we never talked about it. And then the day happens that we were supposed to meet up or something. And I was like, maybe we can meet up that day. And we never clarified. Say it was a Tuesday. We talked about this. We were supposed to be on Friday. And then on Friday, she's hitting me up. She's like, yeah, we have this plan. I'm like, no, we never clarified this. This was a maybe. The maybe was never right. turned into a yes. Right. right. I totally get it. And then would you like, so that would be now in her, in your relationship with her as a friend. Now, when you make plans, you'd be very, you Careful. learn. Mm-hmm. Very specific. I'm sorry that my maybe meant a yes. Because mm-hmm. we're all so different coming into relationships this way. So, I, and I also think, yeah, in relationships, I think, um, I'm trying to think, I don't have a ton of expectations around But has people, someone, but I, have you ever, like someone ever had expectations of you maybe? That you I think, think that, that, that people have thought that I think that I went through a period of time where a lot of the men I dated expected that I would change. Like you won't be working as hard when we're together or eventually you're going to want a, re- a serious relationship with me. And I often, you know, I really wouldn't change. So I think that it was more a lot of men that I dated had an idea of what they wanted me. Like if only if only I could just have her um, make more of a commitment to me. If only Emily would stop working as much. If only she would see me more often, then we'll be together. And it was like, no, I was never going to fit into that mold of what you wanted. So yeah, I think it was it was really common. So yeah. I I have a question about expectations, having expectations versus no expectations. Because I know that when you don't have expectations, you, you know, things are going to satisfy you more because you're not expecting it. But if you're not expecting anything from somebody, does it... it can kind of translate to not believing in somebody or like their qualities or like what Mm. they can do. No, that's a really good point. I mean, I think you want to have realistic expectations, not like, like an expectations based on like things that you've discussed. So Mm. if someone says to you, you know, Michelle, Saturday night, I'm going to take you out on this date. And I planned, I planned, I'm going to pick you up and we're going to this beautiful restaurant and I've got your favorite food. And they they told you all these things were going to happen. It's okay to expect that you're probably, you're going to have a lovely evening with this person. Yeah, it's pretty logical. Pretty logical. Yeah. I expect it. I I can expect that. I expect that I have a great night. Now you Mm -hmm. might not. It could rain. It could be late. Something could happen. Maybe the restaurant shut down. Who knows? Right. But it's the ones that are the silent expectations and the assumptions. It's like we're assuming. Well, mm-hmm. he asked me out on Saturday night. I'm assuming it's going to be a wonderful date because our last date was fantastic. Right. You know, we built all these stories. And, you know, when we assume, you know, we make ass out, out of you and me. me. So I think it's these silent assumptions that we do that we turn into expectations that we never shared with our partners. Is there a way to, like, explain, like... I don't even know how the conversation would go, maybe, in the beginning of the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's kind of like subconscious. I think it is. Somewhat. And it, maybe it has to do with how you were raised. A lot of it has to do with how we were raised and what our values are. Like, um, you know, men always pay on the date. Ah. Or women take, like, there's all this, like, like, women take forever to get ready. Or women are always <laughs> late. Or all women compete with each other. These are, like, people's, I don't know, people just have these expectations or these values and they put them upon you. And they're not always true. Oh. I don't know. I feel like for me, my men, my expectations are very high, just like the same they are if you were going to a fine dining restaurant. Like you expect your dishes to be clean and, you know, people to be attentive. And it's like for me, I want the best of the best. But I also, I'm probably like that because I. I'm very good right. at achieving expectations for people. And so then I'm like reflecting that on them. So like, how can I not do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I think first of all is noticing it is the very first step. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like you're expecting them to know that you want them to be clean. You see all the people calling in, should I shave? Should I not shave? Should I clean? Should I pay for the bill? Men have a lot of questions. So in your mind, these expectations that that they should be all these things because you're all these things and because that's what you you want so badly, it might not totally be based in reality. So I think once you go out with someone kind of suspending expectations and being present, and you might be surprised at the things that you think are so important, all these expectations, you're like, ah, so he didn't shave or whatever your mm-hmm. biggest one is. I think it's more like letting some of that stuff go because no one's ever going to meet all of our expectations. It's never going to be all the things that you want, I think. It's a practice. Yeah. But I think that could also be keeping you from from getting what you want and also dismissing people that could be great for you because they just didn't know. Like, I, this is a conversation we had last night at dinner. I was at a, um, this is totally not related to dating, but I was at a friend's dinner party and there was a woman there and she's a mom and her kid brought, she, 23, she her kid's like 23 and brought home a 23-year-old girlfriend to live with them for a few weeks. And she said... I can't believe it. My son had to keep making the bed and had to keep cooking because this girlfriend he brought home didn't make her bed. And it's so rude to be in a guest home and doesn't make the bed. And she didn't clean her dishes up and she didn't. And I was like, God, if I was 23, like I was, I had to learn, not that I don't have manners, but my mom didn't teach me a lot of those things, maybe Mm. about staying at people's houses. I'm like wondering, God, when I was 23, I might have stayed at someone's house and not made the bed because we shut the bedroom door. Like, I might not have always got up to clean the dishes because in my home, we didn't really cook. You know what I'm saying? So, and I said, but but she has no idea. Give her a chance. You know, so it's like coming in with her values of the way she was raised. And so I think that just people are not on our same page a lot. So I was like, no, I think she doesn't know. Well, she should know. Maybe she hasn't been out in the world. She's like, was from like a different place state mm-hmm. and different upbringing and a different everything yeah i think we do that with men and women that we're dating how could they not know yeah and then we end up discarding people for things that actually could easily be changed like if someone really likes you and it's something like what is one of your things Kristen? oh god where do i start i know There's so many but i mean for me it's like important i dress up every time i'm going on a first date like i'll find out what the place is obviously i wouldn't if we were going somewhere low-key but most of the time i'm going to a nice place so i would dress up so my expectation is that they're gonna dress up so if they show up in a t-shirt and like tennis shoes that are like dirty and like it looks like they put no energy into it it makes me feel not special right but it seems sorry like a deal breaker is it kind of like expectations for you was a deal breaker for sure yeah but honey i think that that would be (laughs) first of all I, if a guy got too dressed, like, I feel like everything is so casual now. It's all athleisure. It's all LA. Like, I don't remember the last time I went out with a guy and he wasn't wearing a t-shirt. But he can have a really nice, like a button. But honey, but what he thinks is nice. My mom always said, I once complained about a guy I was dating in my 20s. I'm like, mom, but I hate his shoes and he wears shorts. Like, he wore these weird shorts. And she's like, Emily, (laughs) you can go shopping with them. Like, you can change their clothes. Like, you can't change their behavior. You Mm -hmm. can't change, so... That's something he didn't know, yeah. but you could teach him. If that was the only thing, I would have, I would probably let it go. But I feel like that translates when you show like you don't care and you're dressing up for this person for the very first time. I felt like it trans, it would translate. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you so much to my listeners. Remember to share the show with a friend, rate us wherever you listen. You guys, we're available on all podcast platforms. Thanks to my amazing team, Ken, Kristen, Elisa, Michelle, producer Jamie, and Michael. Was it good for you? Email me feedback at sexwithemily.com. Have you ever had two friends couple up and you just get excited because they're perfect for each other? Well, that just happened to me and you all get to benefit. I'm talking about B-Vibe and Woo More Play, two great friends of the show with amazing products that I love talking about. They got together this month to create a limited time offer, the Beginner Booty Bundle. And if you're thinking about trying anal play, 
This bundle was literally made for you. It starts with B-Vibe's Novice Plug, the perfectly sized and shaped toy for every booty. It's soft and slender and not at all intimidating. And trust me, no matter what other parts you're sporting, your butt will appreciate this plug. It features 15 vibration patterns and six levels of intensity. It's completely waterproof and of course, 100% body safe. It even comes with an awesome guidebook and storage case. And because lube is not optional here, the bundle includes the amazing coconut love oil from Woo More Play. Its all natural formula uses organic virgin coconut oil, vanilla essence, beeswax, and stevia. That's it, no synthetics. I love, love, love this stuff. This is a match made in booty heaven. And if that's not enough for you, the beginner booty bundle is just $100 and you save $54. To get on in this limited time deal, go to sexwithemily.com slash bvibe. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash b-v-i-b-e today.